Well, we're in Colossians 3. We're going to focus just on verse 20 this morning. Uh, I've entitled this, as you see there, God's Loving Word for Kids. God's Loving Word for Kids. But as I read, I want to read verses 18 to 21, uh, which describes how all family members, wives and husbands and children and parents, uh, really in a household, in households, are to relate to each other in ways that exalt Jesus Christ. And this is a section in this letter of Paul to believers in the city of Colossae where that's what he's addressing and dealing with, how households are to relate to one another in ways that exalt Christ. So let me read. I'm going to begin in verse 18 and read through verse 21. And then I want to pray again as we look to God for help uh, to hear his word and understand. So let's hear his eternal and living and loving word, beginning in verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, and here's the verse of our focus today, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Thus says the Lord God. Let me lead us in prayer. Oh, Father, even as we just sang how we need you, please help all of us, children and adults, to understand your word and to respond to you with faith and obedience. You are the creator and the sustainer of all things and of all people, including us. And you tell us in your word that your complete authority over us is good, righteous, loving, and life-giving. And you want us to taste and to see the full joy of living in your abundant blessings, blessings which you pour out to us through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, please help us now, me in, in preaching and all of us in hearing, uh, to know and to trust and to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, the uh, focus this morning is on verse 20, God's loving word to and for kids. And because of this, my whole sermon today is really going to be directed to those of you who are children. I'm scanning the, the seats here to see those of you who are children. And I'm thinking of you kids in particular who still live at home with one or both of your parents. You're still under the oversight and the care and the protection and the provision of your parents. Now, you might be really, really young, barely old enough to understand me. Maybe you're like a Solomon or an Everett Ingram here, very, very young. Or you may be older, all the way up to maybe 18 or 19 years old. And if you're one of these older kids, you're really a young adult, but if you're still living with one or both of your parents, then God's word here really directly applies to you. Now, it also has big implications for your parents and really for everybody in various ways, as we'll see. But if you don't fit into the age group that I just mentioned, or maybe you're not a parent, please don't tune out because these truths still have significance for you. 
And even for children uh, who, are, who are maybe not in the home, maybe like collegians or otherwise, uh, does this apply to you? Well, yes, in many ways it does. There's some variation because you're out of the home. And the context here is Paul addressing those who are still in their homes, in their parents' home. Uh, but there are significant things here for everyone. But again, it's especially God's loving word for you who are children. So those of you who are kids here, you really need to tune in and, and listen to what God has to say here and try to understand and to respond to what God is saying. Well, with that in mind, let me, let me get going here. And, and a lot of you know that when somebody is preaching here, whether it's me, whether it's Pastor Tim, or occasionally somebody else who will preach, we typically try to summarize the point of the whole message with what we'll call the big idea or the main point. And we try to make that clear so it's just helpful in understanding the heart of what it is uh, the passage that we're looking at is saying. So in order to do that, sometimes we'll say something like, uh, if you don't remember anything else about the sermon, then remember this. Or sometimes we'll say to kids, when you're driving home today and your parents ask you, what was the sermon about? Here's what it is. Here's the big idea. So we try to do that again, to just try to summarize what the message is all about. So what's the big idea of what Paul is saying here in verse 20? Well, get ready. Here's the big idea, all right? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. There it is. Simple, isn't it? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. If you don't remember anything else from the sermon this morning, or when you're driving home today and your parents say, what was the sermon about? What was the big idea? You can answer and tell them it's about the fact that children or to obey our parents in the Lord, or obey our parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, anytime we hear God's word and what it says, he also wants us to understand what he means by what he says. And that's why God has given people like me and others who preach his word to point us all to his word to help us try to understand the meaning and the significance of what it is that he said. And so today, what I want to do in trying to understand what God means by what he says in this verse is I want to ask and answer four questions about what God is saying here in verse 20 through the Apostle Paul. Now, we're going to go through these questions one at a time, so don't worry if you don't get them all down right now. But here are the four questions that we want to try to ask and answer. The first question is this, and this is, I've kind of already alluded to this, what does it mean for children to obey their parents in everything? What does that mean? And in a sense, what does it look like for children to obey their parents in everything? That's the first question. Second question, why should children obey their parents in everything? Why should children obey their parents in everything? They're already leaving. Um, this is a joke. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Sorry. Um, why should children obey their parents in everything? Third, are there times when children should not obey their parents? Very important question. Are there times 
when children should not obey their parents. And then the fourth question, the final question is this, why do children sometimes, maybe, occasionally not want to obey their parents? Why is it that children may sometimes not want to obey their parents? And probably everybody understands what that question means because I imagine all of you children here understand that from time to time, maybe you don't want to obey your parents. Why is that? And what's going on there? And what's the significance of that? So those are the four questions I want to ask and want to try to answer as we move through these things. And again, as I said, I'm going to go through these one by one and talk directly to those of you who are beloved children here. And so boys and girls of all ages, teenagers and everybody, I want you to listen up because this is God's loving word for you. And of course, everybody else can listen in as well. And what I'm hoping to do is to go through these questions first with all of you who are children, particularly speaking to you, but then I want to circle back and go through the questions again and just to say a few things directly specifically to parents and in a sense to everybody. And as we see even in the text next week as we address what he says in verse 21 about fathers not provoking your children to, to, uh, to anger, and uh, as he expresses that there in verse 21, not provoking your children lest they become discouraged, we'll have more things to say to parents next week as well. But that's the plan for today. First, I want to talk to kids in light of these four questions in particular, then circle back and just say a few things to parents as well. So, and I would say too, by the way, with, even with these questions and the things I'm hoping to answer, uh, it may bring about other questions in your mind, both for parents or for children or just anybody in general. And if that's the case, well, let's talk. Come and talk to me or talk to another one of the pastor elders here or another brother and sister in Christ because uh, these things can spur on a lot of questions. But let's get into question number one. Here it is. What does it mean for children to obey their parents in everything? That, of course, is what the verse says. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Well, the first thing to notice is that obedience means just that. It means to obey. It means to do or to not do what your parents tell you to do or to not do. But it also means by implication here of what, what, what Paul is saying by obedience, it has the sense of obedience that means that you do it without any complaint. So there's no griping, there's no whining, there's no challenging. You do it without any excuse and you do it without any delay. That's the kind of obedience that God is talking about here through Paul. Obedience that is doing or not doing what your parents tell you to do or to not do without any complaint, without any excuse, and without any delay. And so it means that you're to obey quickly and with a cheerful attitude. That's the sense of obedience, to do what you're told quickly and with a cheerful attitude. So it means not only obeying your parents without delay, but also being respectful and polite to your parents. And it means that you listen to what they say, you try to understand what they say, and you do what your parents are telling you to do or to not do. And notice that the verse says, obey your parents in everything. 
And what does that mean? Well, it means everything. Everything that's within the boundaries of things that they're telling you to do as long as it's not against God's commands. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. Now, there's certainly a place, children, that you can appeal to your parents and they tell you to do something. There's a, there's a good way to do that, a respectful way to do that. Uh, as lo- if you think maybe they need a little more information or maybe there's something they don't see in, in the full sense and you want to kind of appeal and, and, and speak to that, there's a good place to do that, but you want to do that respectfully and you want to do that with a disposition that's already purposing to obey and to do what they're asking you to do, again, quickly and with a cheerful attitude. Now, just think about some of the rules or commands that your parents might give to you. And I'm sure you can come up with a lot of others besides these. Uh, But such things like clean your room or take out the trash or don't fight or speak nicely to your brother or sister or eat your vegetables or don't touch that electrical outlet or do your homework or turn off the TV or computer. Or it's time to go to bed and turn out the light. And and again, you can probably come up with a lot of other examples as well. And you see, the point of what the Apostle Paul is saying here and what God is saying through the Apostle Paul is that to obey your parents in everything means that you do it quickly and with a cheerful attitude. So you respond with, with something along the lines of, yes, mom, or yes, dad, I'm on it. That's immediate obedience, quickly and with a cheerful attitude. Yes, mom, yes, dad, I'm on it, I'm on it. And you could also think about, and I'm sure all of you children experience this at various times, when maybe you ask your parents about something that you want to do or something that you want to have, and they say, no. How do you respond? Well, you could ask questions like, hey, can I stay up late? Or can I watch more TV or play more video games? Or can I eat candy for breakfast, please? Or can I skip taking baths this week? Or can I go to my friend's house? Or maybe just once, could I punch my brother or my sister? Any number of things like that. But if you ask your parents a question for something to do or have, and and they say no, well, having an obedient disposition, having an obedient response, and wanting to obey them quickly and with a cheerful attitude means saying simply, okay, mom, okay, dad, I'm good with that. Now, that's not always easy, is it? That's not always easy. But this is the sense of obedience that God is talking about here. Now, there's other places in the Bible where God tells children to obey their parents. And one of these is in the book of Ephesians, which is just a few pages before the book of Colossians here. In Ephesians chapter 6. And listen to what God, through The Apostle Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, because it's a little bit of a longer uh, statement that he makes than what we have here in Colossians 3. He says, chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So he's saying a little bit more here than what he says in Colossians 3. But in this passage, Paul's referring to the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. 
and specifically the fifth commandment. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, back in the Old Testament, uh, where the commandment is there to honor your father and your mother. And Paul reminds people here and children that this is the first commandment. Now get this, kids, with a promise. It's a commandment with a promise. And the promise is that if you obey your parents, it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Now, in the original place where that statement is made, back, way back in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament, he's talking there about the, the promised land that God had promised to his chosen people. But it's a reminder for us and an indication that this has always been God's command for children to be obedient to their parents and to honor their parents in everything. And this is what it means, beloved kids. God wants you to obey your parents in everything without complaint, without excuses, and without delay, and to do what you're told then quickly and with a cheerful attitude. And again, there could be a place for appealing and, and interacting as long as you're respectful and obedient in how you do that. So that's the first question. It's pretty clear, very straightforward. It means to obey quickly and with a cheerful attitude in everything they tell you to do as long as it's not contradicting or going against things that God's commanded. Well, this leads to the second question then. Why should children obey their parents in everything? Why should you do this? Is it because Pastor Greg is standing up here and saying that you should do this? No, that's not why. I'm just telling you what God's book says. But here's the issue. He says this. Here's the verse again, chapter 3, verse 20 in Colossians. Children, obey your parents in everything. Here it is. For this pleases the Lord. This pleases the Lord. That's the answer to why you should be obedient to your parents, because it pleases the Lord. And this is really huge, and this is really big. And so kids, please don't miss this. Paul is talking about here the reason, the motivation for why you should obey your parents in everything, namely to please the Lord to please the Lord. And he's referring here to the Lord Jesus Christ because Paul has just been talking about him earlier in verses 17 and 18. And to please the Lord means to do what God is calling and commanding you to do because it is right, because it is proper, and because it's acceptable to Jesus. This is his design. Now what's behind all of this is understanding and recognizing that since Jesus the Lord created everything and rules over everything and everyone, and Paul talks about that earlier in the book of Colossians, and all of Scripture really tells us that, uh, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the mystery of the Trinity were all involved in creation— but since Jesus created and rules over everything and everyone, and since he's the one then who created families, including your family, it means that it is his design for you who are children to obey your parents. This is God's design, and it's what pleases him. Now think about this a little bit with me. It means that, in other words, since Jesus is the ultimate authority, He's the one who rules over all. He designed for your parents to be an authority over you. 
He's the ultimate authority, but he designed them to be an authority over you in your family. Now, here's an important thing to understand. Your parents are also under Jesus's authority. They're also under Jesus's authority. And so they are accountable to him. They have to answer to him as well, just like you and I do. We're all under his authority. But the reason why you should obey your parents is because this is Jesus's design and it pleases him for you to obey. And so you should obey your parents in everything, not because your parents are perfect, not because they're always right, not because you may agree with them or not agree with them, but because this is what the Lord Jesus wants you to do. And when you please the Lord Jesus by obeying your parents, you experience God's blessing. You experience God's blessing. Now that kind of brings in the thought of what we read earlier over in Ephesians chapter 6. When Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You see how he's kind of saying a similar thought to what he says there in Colossians 3. This is right. This is God's design. This is appropriate. This is proper. So he goes on to say, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. What's the promise? That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. He's speaking there of God's blessing. It's a good thing, and you'll know God's blessing if you obey your parents. And so this is all God's authority, God's design, God's promise, and God's blessing. Now just think about this very practically, children. If you've had a time with your parents where you didn't disobey them, let me just ask, did it go well with you? Was it fun? Was it an experience? You go, oh, yes, I'd love to experience this again. They're mad at me. I've, I've suffered some consequences, perhaps. There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of difficulty. Oh, yes, this is great. Please give me more. You probably don't think that way. I, I don't think that way if I have conflict with somebody. The sense of the blessing that God gives here is a blessing of, of peace and of joy and of no conflict. When you're obedient to your parents in this kind of a way, they know they can trust you. They know they can rely on you more. And so generally speaking, it tends to go better. It tends to go well. And not only that, it helps train you to know and understand that authority is God's design. And that whether it's your parents, whether it's the, 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 the government that we live under and, and policemen and that aspect of authority, whether it's teachers in school or a coach on a team or when you get a job and you're working, you have a boss who's in authority over you, learning how to submit to authority in a right way is a good thing because that's how God designed things. And it ultimately is a picture of submitting to God's authority. Now, we can think of this then, with, even with what Paul says, both in Ephesians 6 and in Colossians 3, sort of as a circle of blessing, a circle of blessing. Like, just imagine where this pulpit is, if there was a kind of a big circle on the ground here, and, and I'm in the circle of blessing. And, and if I'm obeying my parents, I'm in the circle of blessing. But if I disobey my parents, what I'm ultimately doing is I'm stepping outside that circle of God's blessing because I'm going against not just what my parents want, but if I'm disobeying my parents, what am I doing? I'm going against what God has told me to do. And so rather than experiencing God's blessing, I'm going to experience God's 
punishment. I'm going to experience difficult things from God because I'm stepping outside of the circle that he's designed for me to know more of his blessing by obeying my parents. And so that's what happens when you're not pleasing to God and you're not obeying your parents. You're stepping outside the circle of that blessing. And if you stay in that place of disobedience, God will punish you let alone what punishment might come, hopefully in a right and a godly and a loving way from your parents. That's part of their responsibility. We'll talk more about that next week. But you see, ultimately, if you stay in that place of disobedience, rebelling against God and rebelling against the authority he's put over you and your parents, he will punish you. In fact, listen to this verse from the book of Proverbs. We read earlier uh, from Proverbs chapter 4, but all the way near the end of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. Listen to this statement, kids. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother, okay, somebody who's rebelling and mocking and scorning and, and, and uh, dishonoring their parents, that eye listen, will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That's a pretty dramatic picture, isn't it, of of the punishment that may come. And ultimately, if you live in that disobedience, it's an indication of being disobedient to God and ultimately suffering his judgment. You say, well, that's very scary. Well, yes, it is. Because God is real and God loves us and God wants us to trust him and to know his blessing and to walk in his ways. But he also wants us to understand that being rebellious, being disobedient is very, very serious. And there's a lot of other things that scripture has to say about the seriousness of that. And so, beloved children, you, just like me and just like every single one of us, you exist by and you are under God's authority. That's true for every single one of us. You were created by him. You are dependent upon him. And all of us are accountable to him. And what that means is that you and I, dear children, we're not the center of the universe. Life doesn't revolve around us. It revolves around God. We're not free to do whatever we want. You know, one way we could think about this is with some of the, the natural laws that God has built into creation. Take, for instance, the law of gravity. Now, I may not like the law of gravity. I might think I want to be free from the law of gravity. And so I decide to go out this door, climb up on top of the church, and decide to jump down, thinking to myself, I am free to do this, and I am free to fly. Now, if I do that, what's going to happen? Splat. I'm I'm just going to crash to the ground. Why? Because I I can't set my own terms for the law of gravity. I'm accountable to that. And it's kind of a picture of how we're accountable to God. And we're not free to do whatever we want without experiencing the consequences of that. And so God wants us to obey him and to experience his blessing rather than his curse, rather than his punishment. He wants us to experience his pleasure and not his anger. And this is why you should obey your parents then, because it pleases the Lord. Because it puts you in that circle of blessing to know God's favor. Well, that leads to the next question. Number three, are there times when children should not obey their parents? And and for you who are kids, are there times where you should not obey your parents? 
And the answer is yes. Yes. Well, what are those times? Well, as I said earlier, your parents are under the authority of the Lord Jesus as well. And they have to answer to him as well. And so while Jesus has put your parents in authority over you, he is the one in authority over your parents. And this means that while Jesus wants you to obey your parents in everything, if they are telling you to do or to not do something that clearly goes against Jesus's commands as he's revealed in his word, then at that point, you obey Jesus rather than your parents. If they're telling you to do or to not do something that goes against his commands, as revealed in the Bible, then at that point, you have to obey God rather than your parents. And so if they cause, tell you to do that, that's the right response. This actually happened. Uh, there's a number of instances of we see this in Scripture, but one of those is it happened to some of Jesus' original followers after Jesus had died and risen from the dead and went back to heaven. And he commissioned, he, he, he commanded his followers to go and to preach about him and to tell other people about, that, about him. And so in the book of Acts, that's exactly what we see happening. His followers are going everywhere and preaching Jesus. Well, it made some people mad. And there were some people who were in authority, bad people who were in authority over these followers of Jesus who said to them, you cannot keep telling people about Jesus. They commanded them to not tell people about Jesus. And you know what these followers' response was? You're going to have to decide, but sorry, we've got to obey God rather than men. Now, hopefully that kind of an issue doesn't happen in your home, but it might. And you see, Jesus has also told us in other places that, that we're to love him more than we love our moms and dads or anybody else in our family. It doesn't mean we don't love our family, but we love him more. And so if we have to choose sides, even in a sense, we have to choose to obey Jesus. And so, for instance, if your parents tell you to lie about something, well, God's word tells us not to lie. And so at that point, you should obey God rather than what your parents say. Now, this, I, I doubt this would happen with anybody here, but it could if your parents tell you to steal something from a store or they tell you to cheat on your homework or they tell you to do something mean to somebody, or maybe they want you to watch something that you, you just know is not right, and you don't want to do that, there comes a point where there must be, there are times where you may have to obey God rather than obeying your parents. And those can be very hard, but God gives help. And let me say this too. For any of you children here, if one or both of your parents ever does anything that scares or hurts you or someone else in your home, you should do everything that you can as soon as you can to tell an older person. And I know that can be super hard, very, very hard. But you should try to tell an older person as soon as you can if, if one or both of your parents is doing something to significantly scare or even hurt you or somebody in your home. You can tell me, you can tell one of us in the church, maybe you can have an older relative or a friend, um, or if what your parent is doing is really, really bad, call 911 if you need to get that kind of a help. 
But do everything that you can as soon as you can to get help because those things should not be happening. And so I know that can be hard. And sadly, it does happen even though we pray and hope it doesn't happen. But understand there may be times where you have to obey God rather than your parents. Well, this leads us to our fourth question then. And here it is. Finally, why do children sometimes not want to obey their parents? And again, I'm guessing if you, like me, uh, are, have ever experienced this, you probably know what I'm talking about. It may not always be the case that you're responding quickly and with a cheerful attitude and without complaint and without excuse and without um, delay. Why is that that sometimes you don't want to obey your parents? Well, maybe you've griped and maybe you've complained and, and done some of these kinds of things and wondered why is this? Well, I've got some really, really bad news for you and I also have some really, really good news for you about why this happens. Here it is, and this is what God's Word says, as I'll show you. The bad news is this. The reason you don't want to obey them is because you're a sinner who needs a Savior. You're a sinner who needs a Savior. And the really, really good news then is that in His love, God has sent his son, the Lord Jesus, to save you from your sins. But if you've ever experienced that impulse when your parents say, do this or don't do this, and you have this thing within you that just goes, you know, and whether it comes out or whether it doesn't, you're complaining, you don't want to do it, you're making excuses, you're delaying, that's sin. That's sin. Sin is an impulse. It's a, it's a, it's a response of, of rebellion, of not wanting to do what we're told. And so you see, the reason that you sometimes don't want to obey your parents is because deep inside of you, as this is true for every single one of us, in your heart, you don't really want to trust and obey Jesus. Because you see, Jesus is the one who is saying, children, Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases me. And so if you're not inclined to obey your parents or have that response of, 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 of wanting to rebel against what they're saying, it's ultimately rebelling against Jesus. And that's another word for this sinful disobedience. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. And ultimately, and, and again, this is true for every single one of us in sort of our natural condition. We don't want to obey God, and we don't want to obey the authorities that God has put over us. We want to do it our own way and, and kind of have our own sense of, of what we think is freedom in that, and we rebel against God. Now, some of you children have probably noticed that this rebellion against God and your parents, it comes pretty naturally. I don't know if you've observed that with yourself. I know I've seen it in my own self. It's not like I have to, to go to classes to learn how to be rebellious. It just comes very natural, an inclination. If somebody tells me to do something, I'm like, yeah. well, that's a natural thing. Well, what that points to, what that gives us a picture of is that we're born with this inclination to sin. We're born with this inclination to rebel and to not do what God wants us to do and then to not do what those he's put in authority over us, particularly parents for you children, 
what we don't want to do. We want to do what we want to do rather than what God or somebody else is telling us. And that just shows really we're proud and we're selfish and we're rebellious. Now, Jesus described this condition uh, among many different ways. One way that he described it is it's kind of like a tree with its fruit. He talks about this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, and other places as well. But for instance, there in Matthew chapter 12, he says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. And then he says, for the tree is known by its fruit. Now, the fruit that Jesus is talking about, he's kind of using that as a picture uh, to talk about our words and our actions, the things that come out of our lives and, and what is seen in our lives is what he's talking about with fruit. And whether those words and actions are good or bad, Jesus is saying, well, that's an indication of, of what kind of tree you are, what, kind of, what, what your nature is, what the heart of you is. So if bad fruit comes out, bad words, bad actions, bad attitudes, those kinds of things, well, it's indicating there's, there's issues going on in your heart and vice versa. If good fruit comes out, then it's an indication there's good things going on in your heart. But this is a serious matter because here's the reality. Every single one of us, apart from God's powerful and miraculous work, our nature, our our kind of normal inclination is to be bad. It's to not want to rebel against God's good, or not want to submit to God's good authority and the authority he puts over us. And that's sin. And so you see what, what has to happen is God has to change our heart. If we're a bad tree and we're producing bad fruit, we can't just hang good fruit on our life, you know. And like, like if we had a tree out here that, say, was an apple tree, but it was producing just rotten, horrible apples. And say we said, well, we didn't want these rotten apples anymore. We want some really nice, juicy oranges. And so we go down to Safeway or some other grocery store. We buy a big bag of nice, juicy oranges. And we get some string, and we start to string up those oranges onto that apple tree that's producing these rotten apples. Well, is that going to change the tree? The answer is no. Okay, good job. The answer is no. It's just kind of hanging some things on the outside. See what has to happen. The whole tree has to change. And that is a miracle that only God could do. But see, Jesus is talking about trees and fruit, bad trees and bad fruit, good trees and good fruit, to help us understand that we have to be transformed. We have to be changed. You see, that's the heart of what it means to be a Christian is somebody who's recognized that they're a sinner and that they don't want to obey God and that that's kind of the natural inclination and it might look different ways in their lives, but there's this impulse that says, I don't want God's authority and I don't want anybody else's authority over me. A Christian's a person who recognizes that truth about themselves, that they're rebellious, that they're a sinner in their heart and they've come to Christ by faith, trusting Christ alone in order to be changed, in order to be transformed, because only God can do that. You know, sometimes people, they realize they're not good, but they want to be good, and so they hang a lot of fruit on their lives. You could go to church, read your Bible, pray, give money, do all kinds of things, thinking that's going to change the inside. No, only God can change the inside, and he does that by his spirit through faith in Christ. 
And then all those other things begin to take on a whole different meaning. But that's what God's after. He wants to change you. And so my dear beloved children, kids, if you experience that impulse, that's a wonderful thing that you could see that God wants you to understand you're a sinner who needs a Savior. And in his love, he has provided that Savior in Jesus Christ. There's so many passages in Scripture that talk about this. I want to just mention a few. One of those is in the book of Romans, in verse 23 of chapter 6, where we read, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a hope of a promise. If we're in rebellion, we're, we're subject to death, we're subject to eternal death in hell, but God's free gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus for those who trust him. One other passage I'd mention is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In love, God gave his son so that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish under his judgment is what's implied there, but would have eternal life. And so, beloved children, you and I are sinners who need a savior. We can't save ourselves from our sin. We don't have the power to, to change the, the kind of tree we are. Only God can do that, and he's done it through Jesus Christ. And so all you have to do to be saved, all you have to do to know his forgiveness and to be transformed is to know that you're a sinner who needs him and to come to Christ by faith, to ask him to save you. Now, if one or both of your parents are Christians, you can ask them about that and talk to them about it, or you can talk to me or to another Christian, but that's as simple as it is, to know that you're a sinner who needs a Savior, to know that God's given a Savior in Jesus, and that all you need to do is turn to him and say, I want to be saved. I want to be changed. That's the hope we have. Well, those are some key questions, and I would encourage you, no matter how old or young you may be, you need Jesus. And if you've never come to Jesus, you need to come to him and come to him today and to know his forgiveness, to know his blessing, to be changed from the inside out, and then to begin to produce the kind of fruit that he wants in our lives. Well, very briefly, in light of all of that, that was kind of the whole focus to children, and I I appreciate the rest of you listening in as well. But let me just circle back through these questions very briefly and just mention a few things to parents in particular. And again, really all of this we're going to kind of revisit next week, Lord willing, as we move into verse 21 and the instructions that are given there to dads and certainly to ex by extension to mothers as well. But first of all, this question, what's it mean for children to obey their parents in everything? Well, in light of what Paul says here, it's a it's, a, it's a, warning, a warning and an exhortation to parents. You need to be teaching your kids how to do this. This is your job as parents to teach your kids that they exist under God's authority. In other words, as a parent, you're a steward of his good, loving, life-giving authority. And so you need to patiently instruct and diligently hold them accountable. And if they obey cheerfully and with a or, or quickly with a cheerful attitude affirm them and encourage them in that oh you did well that's wonderful but if they don't obey without complaint without excuse and without delay then you need to lovingly discipline them as soon as possible and there's right ways and wrong ways to do that we'll talk about some of those things next week 
But it's your job as parents because you're a steward of God's loving, good, life-giving authority. And to be diligently teaching your children this and helping to train them and nurture them in these ways. Well, that next question, why should children obey their parents in everything? Uh, this has a lot of implication regarding your motive as parents. If God is saying to children, obey so that, so that you'll please me and so that you'll know my blessing, then your motive as parents with your children is that they would come to know ever more fully the blessing of God. So that in all your love for them and care for them and training of them, you're constantly, uh, should be continually praying and pointing them to Christ and to know his blessing and what it means to know him and to love him and to follow him because you want them to know the pleasure of God. You want them to know the blessing of God. And so it speaks a lot to our motives. Now that next question, number three, are there times when children should not obey their parents? Um, that obviously has a lot of implications regarding a great danger in parenting. That any of us could easily be given to being selfish, to being ungodly, to being mean, and tragically to even becoming abusive in the way that we conduct ourselves with our children. And we'll talk again about this next week. We need to be humbly humble. We need to be godly. We need to be fair. We need to be reasonable. We need to love our kids and desire their blessing in Christ. But we need to be aware that we can fall prey to any of those dangers of not being faithful to what God would have us to be. And that leads to just a consideration with the fourth question. Fourth question why do children sometimes not want to obey their parents? Because they're sinners who need a Savior, and that reminds us that we're sinners who need a Savior as well. And that as we would want to point our kids to Christ and to know that the ultimate goal in parenting is to see them come to faith in Christ, which is a miraculous, supernatural work of God's Spirit, we can't produce that on our own. No matter how good of a parent we might be, God has to do that work. But it also means that we need to consider our own walk with God. And that we are sinners who need Christ and that God has provided him. And he's provided everything we need in him to be faithful to do what he's called us to do and to be what he's called us to be as parents. And one aspect of this, and we'll talk, I keep saying, we'll talk about this next week. We'll talk about this next week. We will talk about this next week, Lord willing. But it means you need to be an example of what you're striving and desiring to see produced in your kids' lives. Do you obey God? quickly and with a cheerful attitude? Do you obey God with no complaint and with no excuse and with no delay? Does that play out in your relationship with God in general? Does that play out in the way you relate to your employers, the way you relate in other contexts to the government and elsewise? Are you modeling for them the kind of, of Christ-empowered, Christ-exalting uh, obedience that God calls us to? Well, it's an overwhelming task, and we need much of God's help. And how can we be encouraged in this? I'll just end with what Paul says over in Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. And listen to this and think about this as a parent, or even maybe just a believer in general. But the focus of Paul's ministry and how this can even bear out for parents and others. He says this, verses 28 and 29, Him, Jesus Christ, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 
He says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. That's the hope of every parent. It's the hope of every believer. As, we call, as we're called to proclaim Christ, and certainly parents proclaiming Christ with your children in the power that God supplies, dependent upon him, even as we sung about a number of times this morning, that is our hope, that is our confidence, that is our power to keep moving forward in that. So with all of that, let me go ahead and close us in prayer. Well, Father, there's so many things for us to consider and you know every single person here. You know the children who are here. You know the adults here. And uh, Lord, whether there are those who are old or young, whether there are those who are single or married, with children or without children, uh, Father, may you prevail in everyone's life uh, that we might live lives dependent upon you and on your grace and on the riches of all of your provision through faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that each one would know that provision in fullest measure, that they would know your joy, that they would know your peace, and that we would all know your power in being faithful to the things that you've called us to, whether we're a child or whether we're an adult. And so, Lord, thank you for the time we've shared together this morning. We trust that you'll bring to bear, bring the fruit you desire in our lives for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.